0: Heavens to Murgatroyd, you have found NH Unscripted. I am your huggable host, Ray Dudley. We are broadcasting from the bunkers of WKXL. Found at 1450 AM in Concord, 103.9 FM in Concord as well, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Before we go too far, I do want to thank our sponsor, Oogie Lakes Region Fence in We love those people. Their website is lrfence.com. That's lrfence.com. They are the benefactors, the people that make this happen. I have seen their work. They do exemplary work and they're good friends of mine. So we are so grateful to them for, for sponsoring this uh, program. In the studio today with me is a contemporary of mine who I have been needing and wanting to speak to for a quite a while. Deborah Lund. Good morning. Good morning. Deborah. I went out, I had an agenda that I was gonna talk to you about. And then I'm like, why don't I should go out and just see if there's anything I can find out about her? Uh-oh. <laughs> and I go out to your LinkedIn profile and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? 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 So we're going to cover the things that I needed to cover, seven day play specifically, um, because we've been needing to do that for a long time. But then I'm like, wait, she does this? That can't be what? How does, where? Oh, my God. So we're going to cover some other stuff as well. Okay. Um, I did, before we go too far, I always like to find out some background about people. So tell me a little bit about where your love for performing comes from. Is that a DNA kind of thing? Did your parents do it? Uh, Where's all that happening?
1: Uh, Well, um, I am adopted. So, um, okay.
0: but I Stepped did find in that one, didn't I?
1: <laughs> no, but, um, I have met my birth parents, uh, met them when I was 28. Um, but there is, yeah, there's an artistic streak. Uh, some of them are writers for television. Um, what? Uh, novelists, um, scientists, geologists, um, botanists. And on the father's side, there are, um, artists, um, and, uh, designers what yeah so it's uh there's a little bit of dna in there and then there was just falling in love with the movies and my brother and i you know creating sketches and stuff to entertain ourselves because you know i I grew up in the 60s where really watching tv was not something you were allowed to do all the time so you had to go outside so we made up our own stories and we acted them out
0: you and i i think First kind of crossed paths in Theophilus North, is that correct? That is correct. How did that come about? How did Matt find you?
1: I believe somebody must have recommended me. um, It was perfect casting. I had never met anyone working on the project, Um, and I I cannot recall who might have given him my name uh, or if it was ever mentioned, but... um, He just called me out of the blue and uh he said you know thornton wilder and i said yes and then he said (laughs) theophilus north and i
0: thought what is that yeah 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 that's what everybody said after they saw it they're like wait how has this play never been done before there was all those kinds of comments about this is unbelievable never heard of this play how how come nobody's doing it you're i want to go back just for a second to your lineage is there anything there that um, – books or novels or anything that we would know of? That- um, well, uh, my uh, one cousin,
1: uh, Robin Cody, he wrote um, – uh, one, one is a biography of his journey um, uh, canoeing the uh, Columbia River from its source out to the ocean. Uh, and I believe it's called Journey of a Summer Sun. And there's um, a very famous kids' book that was made into a movie, Ricochet River. Um, and it's about uh, – I believe in the in the '60s, before the Bonneville Dam was built in the Columbia River Gorge, and it's about a high school student that lives in the area that's going to be affected by the dam and the displacement of some Native American um, or I'm sorry, Indigenous people, um, and his relationship with one of them, and also it's it takes place during his summer year or his spring uh, the. The summer of his senior year, and his love of baseball. So it's also kind of autobiographical in that Robin also went on to uh, get a scholarship to Harvard for baseball. What?
0: didn't know they had them. I didn't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Harvard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, or or you know possibly I got you know the information wrong, but every time I look it up, it it confirms this, and I'm like, well, that's weird. Why didn't okay? Wow, and then his sister, um Mary Jane, uh, I believe her last name is also Cody, or was Cody. Um she was a writer for Knot's Landing and Mama's place. Uh, and i that was when I met her, but years have passed, and she may have done more writing since then.
0: Knot's Landing the, the TV show really? yeah, really, yeah man oh man alive i cannot believe i'm telling you I, i've looked at your background and i'm I, I just cannot believe i had to throw out everything that i was thinking we were going to talk about today except <laughs> for seven day play and, and we'll get to that what was your feeling about the awfulest north north um when we had it because i had never met you and i'm like this is unbelievable this is perfect casting um and of course we did that out at the uh, player's ring in portsmouth right. um and I'm like, where Where is this woman from? I've never seen her before. But we all played multiple characters, and it was just, it was like somebody had just graced us with this this woman who I had never seen. <laughs> I, are you, do you? Do you work with a, a particular local group, or do or you just freelance?
1: I'm, I'm pr- I've been pretty much freelance. Uh, most of my work has been done out on the West Coast. Uh, I've worked out of Portland, Oregon. I've also toured um, up and down the West Coast and over in uh, Europe. Uh, mostly comedy, improv, children's education, what? magic? What?
0: Uh, yeah, I was a magician's what? assistant Deb, I, what? <laughs> for what? seven years. Cat, can you? Where? What, this is nothing like I was. We are so far off track. Okay. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what that's like. You said toward the West Coast.
1: Okay, so sometimes you'll get in a show that, um, you know, like especially with educational children's theater, um, where a city uh, somewhere on the West Coast uh, will say, hey, we want your educational program here. So you go and you live there for six months and you hit all the schools. Uh, Like uh, San Diego County. I've I've performed at every school in San Diego County. Really, All of the public schools, that is. Really? And most of them in uh, Portland and Southwest Washington, um, Salem, Oregon, uh, just because I've done these programs that it was my day job. So acting was also my day job and then my night job. And then in Portland, we also have uh, late night theater. So uh, you'll see an eight o'clock curtain of a show. And once that show is done, uh, there's another audience waiting in the in the lobby. Uh, your audience leaves, and then the crew goes in and changes around the set, and then the 11 o'clock show begins.
0: I'm, I'm blown away. So
1: I, <laughs> you could be working I, on like four or five shows. What? I, I've, in, I think the most performances I've done in one day was six, and that was uh, four school shows, two at one school, one at two other schools each. And then a nighttime show and then a late night show.
0: So you um, you made a living yeah. performing?
1: Yeah, for 30 years. Well, actually, sorry, 25, 30. But there's, you know, also times you have to take in between gigs, mm-hmm. gigs. And this is where <laughs> I have to, you know, like what you saw on LinkedIn is only a portion of what kind of happens when that happens. So you'll have to take a job that's temporary. And so you end up with, I've done everything from lifeguarding to Domino's pizza delivery, um, movie usher, uh, all I kinds of strange things. I
0: don't know where to begin. I I am such a, I guess, a snob because I'm thinking, you know, this is little old New Hampshire. How many people can be, like, famous or whatever? We're all just, like, schlubs kind of doing theater or performing it. And then – I come across someone like yourself, or um, somebody who does like set design, or did it out in L.A. somewhere, and I'm like, "Wait, what? What? <laughs> How did you end up here in New Hampshire?"
1: <laughs> well, if you've been to Hollywood, you'd know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, of all of those things that you've done, and I want to get into some of them in a minute here, um, because they fascinate me, and I can't find enough people who who do them. Um, but of all of the things you've done, did was there a one that stood out? that you, you prefer you you like the most?
1: Um, I would say that probably the highlights, because uh, I can't choose just one. Um, was uh, one was uh, touring a show for the Department of Defense for uh, it was a comedy murder mystery.
0: And we did little outposts. It wasn't sure huge. because the Department of Defense is so well known for their murder mystery.
1: <laughs> they have well, they have <laughs> a, an entertainment overseas. It's it's equivalent to USO, but it's uh, non-celebrity.
0: Alright, hang on to that thought We're going to be right back You are listening to NH Unscripted I'm your handsome host, Ray Dudley In studio with me today is Deborah Lund Blowing my mind Blowing my mind You are listening to us from WKXL 1450 AM 103.9 FM in Concord And at 101.9 FM in Manchester And we're on the interwebs At NHtalkradio.com We will be right back Need to fear. Wonder Dog is here at eh, Wrong Show. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the bunkers of WKXL in Concord, broadcasting 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. My mind is being blown today. As I am discovering deep secrets from a friend of mine, Deverland, Deborah, 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 Deborah. <laughs> I am. I don't even now know where to start. I am. I am tongue tied. I okay. So, you know what? Uh, we're just going to go into seven day play, and then we'll we'll take off from there because okay. you you have literally blown up my day. So, we needed to. We didn't need to. Um, but. Previously, um, I had been trying to go through a lot of the cast and all of that from Seven Day Play, which is an Aaron Campagna uh, production. If you would, real quick, explain what uh, the Seven Day Play was, and then I want to get into talking about your experience doing it.
1: Okay. um, Well, um, I ran into Aaron at a... uh at one of his improv shows and he asked what I was up to and I told him, you know, nothing really. (laughs) And I asked what he was doing and I said, oh my gosh, I've always, you know, I I wanna do that. Um, I've done, you know, like the 48 hour film festival, the 24 hour play and things like that. And I thought seven days sounds a little more manageable. (laughs) And uh, it, so it's it follows a formula. Uh, all of the actors, directors, and writers uh, gather, and they are given a, uh, a line that must be used in the play. The uh, writers are given actors, and they get to interview them to get a, to know a little bit about them. Uh, my, my poor playwright had no idea <laughs> who I was. And, um, and then, uh, they the, the playwright will go home, and cr- uh, they are also given a prop. Uh, they choose a prop to be used in the story. And she chose a bag of tennis balls. And she went home, and overnight she wrote uh, a one-act play. And
0: oh, Cariel, so, <laughs> Cariel.
1: <laughs> so over the next uh, few days, uh, we rehearse um, only a couple of hours every night. Um, But, you know, it's enough. Uh, It's a short play, easy to memorize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we discover things. And uh, Kelsey was a great director in giving us, you know, free reign, but also, uh, I don't know, whipping us, turning us around in another direction to try that and to discover something, which is, you know, a a method that I'm very fond of. Mm -hmm. Um, Take it out of the box, throw it against the wall. (laughs) It's not supposed to be on the wall, but let's see what it looks like on the wall
0: your play was unbelievable it was hysterical absolutely hysterical and when it when it was written did they initially give you that the role of the instructor
1: yes and i believe it's because um i have very short hair and um i think the playwright was maybe not too sure if I had a gender identity other than my birth identity (laughs) so she wrote a very ambiguous character and of course gave it you know the the name Chris uh, because what what is it Chris Tony or Terry or you know names like that are ambiguous Mm -hmm. and um and just kind of left it up to me to show her (laughs) and I was like well uh, I'm just gonna be me
0: (laughs) so um you created this wonderful character with the accent just drew me right away i'm like where where did this come from D- tell me, really, where did it come from? What? How did that even come up? Was it written like that? You uh, no, some- it. Uh, d-
1: Kelsey gave us a, a direction. We were playing it, you know, as we thought it should be played. And I was, you know, very serious, you know, and you know, down to, you know, because it, it re- the comedy relied on me not understanding that they didn't understand me. Yeah, um, yeah. So I just, you know, did it very matter of fact and a little bit militant, but using my own voice. And then she said, "Now do something completely wrong." And when she said something completely wrong, I wasn't really taking her direction just the first thing that I knew personally that was completely wrong was a neighbor of mine and she is just wrong about everything <laughs> she's uh I mean in in her behavior and every morning uh if my windows are open um about seven o'clock she is out there talking to somebody I don't know whom <laughs> Um, because their voice doesn't carry like hers. <laughs> and I thought she was in the next building. As it turns out, she's two buildings down. <laughs> she course. just gets out there and starts talking and she's um, she has no filter. So I know so much more about her life than she should let anyone know. And I kid you not, no word of a lie, two weekends ago, I went to a um, a restaurant. It's a, it's a little bistro by my house where I go there for Sunday brunch. And with the door closed, I'm seated at a table. With the door closed, I can hear this voice from outside. Are you going to the reunion? Okay, well, give me a message and let me know. And then the door opens up, and sure enough, it's her. And I tried, I tried so hard to very, I don't know, uh, clandestine to um, capture her on my phone to show you. Um, but I, every time I turned my phone on, she would stop talking of course <laughs> so, of course of course but i finally got to put a face to it and everything and and it dawned on me you know what i you know what i've made fun of because it's been a peeve of mine it's been oh grating on me i could see the person now and I, I, I somehow felt a little bit ashamed. What? Because, it, was, it
0: was so great. But she, oh, I mean, God. yeah,
1: the, but a little bit ashamed because I don't know what her journey is. And after seeing her, I could realize that, well, maybe she's got a harder life than I thought. And she's not being thoughtless. She's just trying to be heard.
0: Oh, Debbie, you're too kind. You're too kind. Oh, my God.
1: No, but she's, um yeah, her voice, uh, I... I mimicked it for many of my friends saying oh my god this morning this woman was talking about
0: oh well, and he's suing me and I'm gonna turn around and sue him so the play that you guys had to do oh that Carol wrote revolved around this couple where wait <laughs> well
1: the couple was they thought yeah they, they were, he thought yeah he thought he was going to uh get instruction in BDSM yeah uh, <laughs> and for those who don't know, I'm going to clarify the acronym. It's uh, Bondage uh, Dominant. What is it? Uh, bondage Dominant.
0: <laughs> he thought they were just going to expand their marital yeah. <laughs> uh, enjoyment here.
1: <laughs> Sadomasochism, basically. And what it really was was I was a dog trainer, and they didn't know if they were going to get a dog or if uh, or if they should get a dog. So they wanted to go to the dog trainer first to to make sure this is something that they were going to go through with.
0: <laughs> and what ensued was just hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, my God. The the uh, the twists and turns it took were just brilliant, brilliant by Carrie Elder. And it was carried out so well by Amy and... Um, Yourself and what was his name?
1: I, you know, I've never met him before, and I only called him by his character name. I'm so awful.
0: <laughs> Whoops!
1: But he okay. was wonderful uh, because not only was he extremely funny himself, oh had my great god. comic instinct, oh uh, my god, he could keep a deadpan face. With, yes, with the material that we were working yes. on. Yes, <laughs> which was uh, it's a godsend. I mean, especially a short period of time, and you're working on a, oh. a you know something that's high comedy. And your fellow actor can't keep a straight face. It's, it's
0: like save it for afterward. We'll laugh when we're off stage. Right now, you can't. Oh, it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. So tell me what you thought. What were your overall thoughts about the whole seven day play thing? Uh, the the whole motif, the way it w- went about. Did you think it was plenty of time? Not enough time? Because when we were doing our production, our our play, we were like running out of time because all of a sudden there was things to explore. Right? You don't get your script really till. Sunday night, right, and then Monday is your first rehearsal, and you kind of only get four days because Friday you're kind of trying to wrap things up and get ready for a Saturday tech, and then you're going to perform Saturday afternoon, so there wasn't a whole big window there for a lot to happen. But what was your overall feeling of of the time frame and all that went on?
1: The time frame for ours was great because. All the comedy is laid out. Um, there's, there's set up punchline, set up punchline. There's not – you can mine comedy from nothing, but there's, there was plenty there. So we didn't have to fill anything. So we didn't have to discover too many things other than uh, something in a run where we would get an idea and try it and it would work. Um, but I can see where, you know, your group working on something much heavier – um, mat- you know, material that you were working with and more complex um, nuances. Um, the, the death of, a, of an unborn child yeah. is is very heavy, and there's so many ways it can go that I can see that five days is not enough time to explore what really happens, especially if you haven't gone through it, um, that uh, imagination can only take you so far. And uh, the director also knowing where where they want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, Is another thing And he's only got five days He's got the same five days
0: Right And normally
1: a director Will take plenty of time Before the show's ever cast Before they make their decisions
0: Yeah Oh my god It was great Ryan Ryan is the name Ryan, yes Thank you Thank you Thank you I figured it out Oh, that's the happy music We put on our shoes Our dancing shoes We have to take a break You are listening to NH Unscripted I am your host Ray Dudley In studio with me Is Deborah Lund filling my mind with all sorts of thoughts. We are broadcasting from WKXL in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, also in Manchester, 101.9 FM, and on the interwebs at nhtalkradio.com. You can find all the archives of this show and all the other programs here at WKXL. We will be right back. Welcome back you lucky listeners, you have found NH Unscripted, I am your host Ray Dudley. We are coming to you deep within the bunkers of WKXL in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and we can be found in Manchester at 101.9 FM as well. We also happen to be out on the World Wide Web nhtalkradio.com. I would love again to thank our sponsor, Lakes Region Fence in Guilford. LRFence.com is their website. They are so graciously sponsoring this program, and we appreciate them, and they do incredible work. And guess what? They actually answer their phone. Oh, I love those guys so much. I am speaking with Deb Lund. Deb is a multifaceted faceted personality multi fast okay so i know deb we need to get back into seven day play and not happening because (laughs) i'm looking at your bio here stage magic
1: Stage magic. Yeah. There's a difference. You know, parlor magic is up close. It's, you know, coins and cards and, you know, pulling things out of your ear. Yeah. Stage magic is, you know, getting into a bag inside of a cage. Somebody jumps on top of the cage, raises uh, what they call a (laughs) fillard, which is, well, it's, it's, it's a big drape. And then it drops. I'm standing on the box in their clothes. I open the box. They're in the bag in my clothes.
0: How does that even come about? How do you even get into that?
1: Well, um, I was working with a children's theater group, and we did a lot of educational theater. And we were working on a play. The playwright wanted to had met an environmental mag- magician at some. Uh, Job fair or something or uh, some kind of convention, and uh, really enjoyed his performance and thought she could bring him into our show. And so we did a clown show, and it's a bunch of clowns that got left behind by the by the circus. And <laughs> um, time exactly, and there was all this garbage <laughs> left behind, and we realized, well, we better clean it up because you know we got to clean up the planet. And then we started getting into well, we could clean up the water, and we could clean up this, and you know, covering all these. It was basically to teach kids about. Their recycle bin which were brand new back then so this show was sponsored by the city of portland to educate all the kids in the school about how how to use the bin mm-hmm. and then we tell them to go home and tell your parents how to do it right mm-hmm. and so he was brought into that show and it turned out in every sketch that we did within the show i ended up being the only available actor to assist with the magic. So I had to learn the secrets. Uh, my lips are sealed, by the way. Damn. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I got to know his magic and, and he and I had a really good rapport, a uh, really good beat, you know, uh, back and forth. And um, so then she, a couple months later, she wrote a show just for him and his wife who was his um, assistant when they were in Vegas. And um, she ended up uh, getting uh, cancer and um, she couldn't perform the show, so they both decided I would be the best replacement until she got better. Um, But after a couple of years, she lost the battle with cancer, and I ended up being his partner for the next seven years. What? Doing the Doctor Wilderness
0: show. (laughs) Seven
1: years, yeah. And then he uh, he married again, and then she became his uh, assistant. And I guess he's gone through like seven or eight assistants since me. Married uh, them all? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. But it was uh, no, it was it was great fun, and it was it was the best day job ever.
0: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I, so besides the box where someone. Jumps on it and you switch places. Was there any other one that was like just a mind blowing?
1: Um? Uh, well, that was a big one. There's other ones where you roll someone up in a banner, or someone comes onto the stage and they two people are holding uh, the the ends of a banner. Somebody comes out and grabs one end of the banner and rolls up in it, and then they unroll the banner and a different person is inside.
0: What? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> And you can't tell me any of it. No, it's just you and me, Deb. Just you and me, and everybody listening.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Doctor Wilderness will hunt me down. (laughs) Do you miss that? I do, but there's a point. You know, after seven years, uh, I I, for the for the whole time that I was doing a lot of children's theater as my day job, um, I never had a day off. I uh, you know working as an independent contractor as an actor. You don't uh, you don't get a day off. I didn't have a vacation for 20 years. What? Uh, but you wish
0: seven days a week.
1: Well, uh, six, six or six, never seven, really. Mm. Um, but it depends, you know, if you're doing a weekend show, plus you're doing. Oh, yeah, I think Mondays are normally the dark day. Um, but for educational children's theater, Mondays is a school day. So mm. it's a work day. Um, but once I stopped doing that, then I had my Mondays off. But wow. still, no time to take a vacation. You've got one day. Oh, my
0: gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe this. Okay, tell me about your. you did voiceover work or you do voiceover work?
1: Yeah, I haven't I'm done voiceover work for a while. Tell me about it. Um, well, uh, there was a, a great um, uh, agency that had just started up in Portland, and it was called In Both Years. And they only had like four or five voiceover artists, but they were getting a lot of work. And they would email me a script, and they would tell me the time frame that it has. It has to be so and so minutes and so many seconds long. So you basically, we had a, a studio set up at our house, and um, you did. Yeah, we there was a small with bedroom. the little
0: soundproof stuff. And
1: well, it, it might not have been soundproof, but we were. Far enough away from any sound that it was effective
0: except the crazy neighbor lady oh, no, this was, oh, no this was i know
1: this was back in portland okay. um <laughs> but uh, anyway so then i would um i would do two or three takes and then i would email them in and then the week i'd get a check oh,
0: man so how did you even find out about that
1: i am not sure uh oh. it might have it wasn't
0: craigslist <laughs> it was um because you have to almost be looking for that kind of I mean, been, you don't just stumble across yeah it, right?
1: another friend uh that had possibly mentioned them to me or it was uh spam that you know somebody got a list of actors or it might have been through my my uh film and tv agent yeah that they also sent something in both ears hey here's some people who do voiceovers and then they contacted me i can't be sure i just know that I ended up working
0: for them, and I just don't remember how. It seems like that would just be a great job. Did you did you not only do voiceover? Did you do books and that kind of stuff? Uh,
1: no, uh, before audio books, I was I was kind of out of it by then. But I have done you know like uh, children's videos where they've got somebody else is in the big puppet um, moving th- the character, and I'm just doing the voice. Yeah, uh, that's a sweet gig. Um, You know, you can show up in your pajamas.
0: (laughs) Did you ever have to go to a studio? Yeah. And you did.
1: Yeah. So we go to the studio and, you know, they basically put you in the black box and you're in there. What I call the womb because the sound is so dead. Yeah. That you hear your own heartbeat. And uh, I would just. this This is fascinating. Read off of, you know, and watch the video and make sure my lips hit my plosives at the same time the actors does or you the know, puppet
0: we see those little on youtube we see people do that standing in those booths i've often right. wondered what that was like yeah, i can't believe you did that
1: yeah it was great did I you mean, miss
0: it I mean, it, it I, seemed like it'd be something you'd love to do
1: yeah it's just that there wasn't a lot of work um i was uh my producers always called me the one hit wonder because i watched the numbers and i could track them fast because they have the little counter on the video you watch the video once and i would watch where the lips were hitting and i would look at the number that it was so that and i'd mark it on my script so that i'd be saying my words and then when it hit that number i made sure to hit my p's or my t's at the same time Okay, this is a
0: world i know nothing about so i had no idea that was even involved yeah i it just seemed to me that you would watch the screen and you would read the script and do it but so there's an actual science to this no
1: i just figured that out on my own because all the other actors were trying to do what you just described and they were the producer was like oh try it again oh stop okay try it again what and then when i it came my turn i was like i'm gonna watch that counter and so i did it and then they turned off the sound and they were having this it it looks like they were got very passionate in the booth and i was like oh Oh, no. Yeah, I've, I've done fired. horrible. <laughs> and then they turned around. They said, one for safety, you one-hit wonder. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. That's <laughs> brilliant.
0: That is really kudos for yeah, that. Yeah. So
1: I was like, hey, this is something I got a knack for.
0: Wow. So do you ever now wish you could still go back and do it? Or, oh, yeah. Or do you I, try to do maybe it Maybe in the
1: future. But when I first moved out here, I had a, I ran into a friend who I knew from Portland. And his most of his work was in voiceovers, but there had been a strike and the business was kind of dead
0: oh my gosh that's the happy music we have our jazz hands going you are listening to nh unscripted i am ray dudley disappointed we have to take a break right here in the middle but you know what we gotta pay the bills We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, those are in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we can be found at nhtalkradio.com. We will be back. Did I say heavens to Murgatroyd before? Yes, and I mean it again, heavens to Murgatroyd. This is NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. Minds being blown 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 by deb lund i cannot believe oh yeah we are coming to you from the uh, studios of wkxl 1450 am 103.9 fm those are in concord 101.9 fm in manchester and you can find this show and as well as all the others here on wkxl at nhtalkradio.com don't go out there right now wait till we're done Deb did you just tell me you were a casting director at Boston casting yeah I,
1: I worked uh on you a, did
0: say that I yeah. did not make that <laughs> up i did you did
1: it was a te- it was temporary.
0: I, I needed a gig. <laughs> what, what do you mean you needed a gig? That just doesn't happen. You don't like look in the paper and all of a sudden, oh, look, right next to Plummer, there's a casting director position.
1: No, it's uh, it, it came about because I had been doing a play. Um, when I first uh, got here, the first show I did was Miss Alliance. Uh, it, was a, it was part of Rep. I was doing Miss Alliance and Romeo and Juliet for the public theater. It was outdoor theater, and um, they had... Boston Casting had had a script that they wanted uh, somebody wanted to shop to Molly Shannon and but they wanted to do it they had to do a read through first and get the backing and everything so somebody who had seen that show suggested me to read the Molly Shannon role and I had tried and tried to get in to Boston Casting give them my headshot or just to go and do a meet but you know door closed door closed door closed so I got sent to this, I don't know, it was uh, some studio somewhere where uh, a, a bunch of people were gathered to read the script for this movie. And when we took a break at the intermission, Angela, the owner of Boston Casting, came up to me all wide eyed and she said,
0: Who are you? <laughs> and,
1: and I said, I've, I've been, I, I gave her my name. She goes, It sounds familiar. And I was like, Yeah, you've, I've been sending you emails that have gone unanswered. So she um, wanted to know if I was interested in doing, you know, some casting. What? Um, Because she finally evidently looked at my resume. (laughs) But um, uh, they were casting Mall Cop and The Proposal. And they needed someone to handle
0: all of the. Am fe- I on LSD?
1: <laughs> I what I this is unbelievable. So they were looking for somebody to handle all of the uh, uh, featured extras. So somebody with one line, or somebody who had a close up because there was a reaction. So, uh, and much to the chagrin of all the men in the office, I was in charge of finding all of the the women for the Victoria's Secret. Um, scene oh, um, <laughs> and so we, we had to go to modeling agencies and things like that and um, also working with uh, you know the the large casting calls uh, for uh, the you know the the extras in mall cop um, where they were just standing you know just you know the extra extras yeah um, but featured extras for the proposal too they had also read me for one of the roles um, but the, uh, the woman who got it, uh, much more well-known in Boston, and she did she did a phenomenal job. So it, it probably came down to, do you want someone with blue eyes or brown eyes?
0: Oh, my God. Deb, forgive me for saying this. You're like the Forrest Gump of my friends.
1: Uh, de- <laughs> <laughs> Would it surprise you? Okay, <laughs> Then I, uh, I should probably also tell you I used to be on a CBS television show.
0: <laughs> this is the sound of me having a heart attack. <laughs> This this is the wait. I'm having an aneurysm. Okay, you've got to flesh that out. Okay,
1: the show lasted from 1994 to 1995. It was on in the same time slot as the X Files, so of what? course it
0: was not gonna. Oh, yeah. yeah. So of course yeah, it was yeah. doomed.
1: But it was a um, it was kind of a noir uh, cop show about internal affairs. Uh, a woman working in the internal affairs, and of course it. it It also didn't work because we were past that uh, women breaking into being, you know, a cop or women breaking into being, you know, in this career Um, because it was, you know, mid 90s by, you know, if it had been done in the early 80s or the 70s, it would have made more sense. Um, Also, the characters were not interesting at all, uh, but the look was great. Where was that filmed? it was filmed in Portland, Oregon. It was. You won't find it anywhere. Um, something that the – and this is where, you know, you hear about actors' strikes and things like that. And everyone th- thinks it's, oh, the celebrity just wants more money. And it's like, no, they're fighting for the little people. Because what happened with that show? Ted Turner, who owned it, um, basically you get residuals for the show. Did, so Did
0: you just drop Ted Turner's name? Yes.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know him. I'm just saying uh-huh, what uh-huh, he did yeah. affected uh-huh. me. And okay. the – you know the you get residuals every time your episode runs, mm-hmm. um, and what he did is he sold the the series to a foreign market. Okay, so deserve- they are not bound by the contract. A couple years later, he buys it back, so he makes all the money now, and nobody gets a dime holy this tally, is a common yeah. practice i mean you look at you know like i never heard of that Yeah, groups like gilligan's island cast yeah same thing what? happened to them if i
0: said what like a hundred times yeah, the no.
1: they get nothing
0: that's unbelievable
1: right this is why it's so much better to work on
0: stage i, I cannot my mind can't grasp that that's so underhanded
1: yeah But that's that was a common uh, practice. Is uh, it still? Yeah, I don't know. I think that you know more and more they're getting called out on it. But it's not illegal. But it basically voids your contract.
0: Wow!
1: So the last check that I got for that show was thirty-five cents.
0: Oh my! I bet you couldn't wait to cash that one. No,
1: I kept it. (laughs) I framed it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, oh my gosh! So you've done television. You've been a casting director. You you've done stage you you do voiceover work you've done stage stage magic you've you've been on performed with me I don't know where to go here I this is nothing like I had thought this was going (laughs) to take place is we are so far well
1: I'm I'm retiring (laughs) I I'll do community theater or volunteer stuff. When people want to pay, I'm usually like, "Can you just donate it back to your company?" Wow! Because I don't want to get paid for this anymore. I don't want to. What? It's first off, you got to do taxes on it. (laughs) Oh,
0: oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. Shame. It's so hard. You have to pay taxes. If there's anything that you, of all those things that you've done, what would you, as you begin to think about retirement now that you're talking about getting? Is there are there any of those that you would love to do in retirement? Voiceover. You would.
1: Yeah, because you don't have to shower. You don't have to do your. Hair, you can do that in the just, confines
0: of your own home. Yes, you don't have to go somewhere to do that.
1: Exactly, and if you do go somewhere, it's a nice studio like this where it's you know very you know soothing. Huh. It's soothing work.
0: And are you being sought out for any of that now, or are you? No, you, I'm, I'll just start on the back looking burner. for it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And what... So have you had to do multiple voices during this, or are you just read? Yeah, I mean, w-
1: it depends on what they want. You know, sometimes they'll ask for a dialect, or um, I've uh, been asked to do uh, some of them in German. Um, you know German? Of course uh, you do. Yeah. You're the
0: forest Gump. <laughs> of course you do. Of course. It's uh, meine zweite Lange. <laughs> it's my second language. Oh, oh, my god, I'm so underqualified for this job. So underqualified. You have also listed scenic design, sound design. How does, where does all that come in? How, how, did you have to go to school for any of that? Uh, well, I did. I got
1: a talent grant to go to college. And of course then you did. I gigged professionally and didn't know that. Of would, course you did. I didn't know that that would void my talent grant, so they pulled it. What? <laughs> right in the middle of a term. Really? <laughs> yep. It voided it? Yep. Because uh, we're not supposed to do that. It. I didn't read the fine print. I just thought, hey, free college, woohoo!
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So do you, are you, um, do you, are you SAG? Are you
1: I was, uh, I was Actors' Equity, and I left in, uh, what was it, 2015, uh, because I had moved to New England, and the New England area theater contracts, the NEAT contracts, do not pay a living wage. Um, And you would have to basically work for a League of Regional Theaters, a LORT theater, Mm And there's only, like, two in Boston. Um, There are some, like, some of the summer stocks up here um, are small uh, professional theater, SPT contracts. They also have um, guest artist, or GA contracts. um, So that, you know, when I first moved here, the public theater had a small professional theater and it only meant that they only had to have three equity actors in order to get the contract and one equity stage manager. So when I was doing like, uh, what was it, uh, Miss Alliance or Romeo and Juliet or The Seagull or the other one we did, whatever. The, oh, uh, Hay Fever. <laughs> um, that There were only three equity actors and everyone else was either just non-union or they were um, equity candidates
0: i am heartbroken the happy music is playing no 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 so much to do so much to talk about deb thank you for coming in today thanks for having me oh my gosh you have been listening you lucky listener to nh unscripted i am your host ray dudley in studio today with me is Deborah lund blowing my mind you are listening to us on the studios of WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we are out in the internet at nhtalkradio.com. Now you can go out and type that in and find all the archives. Look we'll at you later.